Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers. Big Z here. Um, We are back with the podcast. And thank you, everybody, again for appreciating um, last week where we had to take off. We do not intend to do that going forward. Uh, We just had some unique circumstances. But we are back. Um, The Lions are not back. (laughs) Um, David Blau, he is an undrafted rookie free agent uh, in his first year, and it really showed this week. Um, But, I mean, the podcast this week in general, the chase for Chase Young, playing like dung for Young, uh, all those phrases, we're going to go over that. Kind of just the performance of some players uh, for the season, the salary cap, um, what that means going forward, and just a few other things. And then finally, our predictions, our world-famous predictions, and we will get to at the end of the podcast. We want to thank everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. That'd be awesome. Um, And just follow us on Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, Twitter at Drinking Lions. Thank you, everybody, and go Lions. Time for the pod. is drinking the blue kool-aid a detroit lions podcast made by lifelong lions fans uj i've been really drinking a lot of kool-aid tonight special brand of kool-aid called weller bob it's hard to find the little losses here Stafford, <laughs> regular season mvp rud dog we're gonna just be that team that yeah. just can flow like water and adapt to any team the new dynasty is born and connor Gotta be Stafford. Now with the two tight end sets that I'm so excited about, I see it all clicking. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. Forward down the field. One pride. Get your Kool-Aid. It's time for the pod. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back. It's December 18th, and the Lions still have not won a game in a a while. (laughs) Um, but we are back. Uh, I know we had to take a week off there and we apologize for that. And we'll mention, uh, briefly why at the end of this podcast, but we're going to get right into the um, Detroit Lions football. We, we love Detroit Lions football. Oh, <laughs> Still <yeah>. right. <laughs> but uh, yes, we have a Rudd Dog, UJ, Bob. What up? Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we have UJ, Bob and Rudd Dog here. So, hey. um, Hello. To start off this podcast, uh, Rudd Dog has something to say, and this is, uh, I think, regarding something going on in the larger Lions fan base, possibly. So, so I just want Rudd Dog, take it away. Just want to talk real quick about the state of you know cheering for this team right now and this idea going around. Because you know what, there's something special about being out of the hunt. Sure, it sucks. Not to have playoff hopes. But you know what? Every game is just about that game and its potential for great moments. For the team, it should provide a sense of clarity, especially to the coaching staff, 
the opportunity to really hyper-focus on the next opponent without the fog of the playoffs, to find a pride of a warrior, to seize greatness in every moment, to feel the accomplishment of a battle hard-fought and victory won. I want to see Patricia drop his pride and really assess his failings to date and figure out how to win games. I want to see players playing like they have nothing to lose. The next game is all that matters. Winning is all that matters. The idea that anyone who claims to be a Lions fan would want to see this team lose makes me sad. Of course, I understand the temptation and the desire. Chase Young looks like he will be a great player. Though, as my cousin Sean said today, a certain other team always picks at the end of the first round of the draft, and they seem to do just fine. We are told that management and these coaches have a vision. And as this season draws to an end, I want to see that Patricia has this team sold on that vision. And as a gr another great man once said, football is, only tr uh, is the only true sport. All the others are just things. Though he would tell you that he said only true team sport. Well, either way, he's right. Football is truly a team sport. A singularly focused and united team is the most powerful element in football. Patricia rightening the ship at the end of the season and rallying his men to drag it from its murky and watery depths would be far more valuable than a potentially great draft pick. So no, don't lose out. Don't choose. Don't chase chase. With the pride of a lion, fight and win. I'll be right there cheering you on. Besides, be, or because there are a few things I love more than watching a lion's victory, playoffs or not. Well, that being said, I will be super psyched if we get Chase Young. <laughs> what about like play like dung for young that's another one that's, that's, that's pretty good one. yeah <laughs> yeah well said, well said red yes Thank very you. heartfelt i mean th this is obviously the number one thing that's going on in the lions universe now is that uh you know that weekly yeah battle i guess in their mind like no I, I i would agree with that no lions fan wants to watch them lose uh but you know, I get the it. promise get of it. such top-tier talent is hard to ignore. I know. Yeah, I don't want them to lose, but were you really upset when they lost this week? I mean, I was still I pretty aggravated. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I, it's like a, a little appeasement, like a silver lining, but it doesn't really. Like make I, it I was having this argument with Rod Dog though a little bit before. Uh, just do we think the Lions are actually like? By their personnel decisions here, such as Stafford sitting, like I think if, if this was a playoff, if this was a playoff type weekend, like we're playing to possibly get in the playoffs, I think Stafford would be starting right now, just based yeah, on what the doctors I, yeah. are saying about his injury and everything. <clears throat> I think the fact that they are not putting him near the field makes me think that winning isn't their number one priority at this moment, and that they w they don't mind losing. They just want to see maybe like. A guy like Amani Warrior continue to improve on the field or uh, and things of that nature, but I don't think it's. I I just don't. They they're gonna try to win. The players never try to lose out there. I mean, obviously, Matricia doesn't care about the trap position right now. Right. Um. But I think the organization is with their decision making, kind of is trying to lose, but not, like not trying to show it. Well, I think <laughs> I think Bob Quinn is definitely weighing risk in a different manner at this stage and how can you not it's different to risk you know your life and limb for a potential super bowl victory than it is to risk it for a singular regular season victory so i mean the fact that he's not on uh ir though still speaks to me because I, I mean 
maybe he is in a position where he could play if he really had to, or maybe he's really just not ready. And I mean, he will see him again when he is ready. I, I don't know. Maybe you're right, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I know Stafford would want to be out there if he, if uh, and I think he would be if they, on the line. Yeah, I think I think he would yeah. be if the playoffs are on the line today. I really do. I sure. I agree with your take, Zach. I, I think uh, that he would be out there if they needed him, but uh, right yeah. now they don't. Why risk it? No, right now the only thing we have to look for is the big picture. We, you know, the uh, immediate future doesn't really matter at the moment. We're playing for next year, so. Yeah, and the way Blau's been playing, you, you don't need Stafford. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, by the way, for all the Stafford haters out there, yeah, be careful what you ask for, boys. Yeah. Man, David Blau looked like, I mean, a tr- like a true rookie this week. Uh, oh, terribly. The thing that has frustrated me about him in this game was he was sitting in the pocket, there was like a little pressure at the middle, but you know, not a great amount. Like a good quarterback stays in the pocket. He would run yeah. out to his right and just like create his own sack, basically. Like the uh, yeah. Rick Wagner, <laughs> uh, Taylor Decker was doing their job, and then the, the, the next thing you know, their blockers leaving him to go. Like what? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, David Blau just ran out there and got a free sack for yeah. the opponent. What are you doing? Yeah, Blau should get credit for the sack. <laughs> yeah, he should. Right. And, and Z, to that point, um, after the first game Blau played, I, I was having a conversation with UJ, and I was saying I, I kind of liked his pocket presence because he was kind of yeah. cool. He was kind of yeah. really calm in the pocket. He'd take a little half step if he needed to. But, yeah, it's, it seems to have fallen apart for him a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. happened because I would agree well, in that Bears game. He was, he did stay in the pocket pretty well. I think uh, the Vikings pass rush is a little more fierce than the Bears, and that was part of it. He was that is harassed true. quite a bit. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Vikings are the one team that really match up uh, with the Lions this year. That they just yeah. Yeah. they're the ones that really top against them. Where was this defense? Uh, where was this defense the first time we played them this year? <laughs> the defense actually yeah. didn't play that bad of a game overall. No. Yeah, that's all kind of lost in this another loss. But yeah, the defense did play remarkably uh, better. Yeah, and maybe so, maybe Mr. Bisky's good. Maybe like the Lions defense didn't play that bad on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Wait, whoa! <laughs> I just get it. Uh oh, we can still make jokes on this podcast. Z's drinking the wrong Kool Aid, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, all right. So, this is where things stand. The Lions are current, thanks to an Atlanta thrashing of the Carolina Panthers. The Lions have now moved up another spot. They're now, uh, and that is in draft order. Uh, they sit at number five right now. So they're Cincinnati one and twelve, the Giants two and eleven, the Redskins and Miami both sit at three and ten. Then there's the Lions getting the tiebreaker over Arizona at three nine, yeah. and that classic little one, that little tiebreaker, that looks even more pesky now. Now that we're looking for yeah. draft, draft position. Yeah. I'm looking for that oh. six, nine and one. Hey, Rug Dog, Rug Dog, I know you really want to win, but don't you feel a little bit like? Uh... You know, like Lord of the Rings, the ring is sitting there and it's tempting you. That's the Chase Young. <laughs> that's, He's right there. That's exactly it. It's the oh, ring tempting, you know. You, know, it's, it's, you don't take the ring because then, you know, then you end up turning into a ring wraith. So, yeah, no. <laughs> no. And like I said, I, I understand the temptations. Oh, my God, like the thought of having him on that D-line. And like I said, if it works out that way, I'm not going to, you know, fine, but. I can't root for him to lose. I just can't do it. 
So for everybody watching out there to see if we do move up. Um, so the Lions are four-point underdogs, by the way, um, this week uh, at home against Tampa Bay. So they, they will be yes. underdogs the rest of the season. Um, yeah. But, I mean, before we talk about that, um, so the Giants, the Redskins, and Miami, those are the most realistic ones that could possibly um, we move in front of here. We're not going to get the number one pick. That's going to belong to Cincinnati. Pretty much sewn up. So the remaining games for the Giants are – Home against Miami, at the Redskins, home against the Eagles. Then Miami Dolphins are at New York Giants, home against the Bengals, and they are at the Patriots. And then the Redskins have Philly at home, the Giants at home, and Dallas. So one of these two teams, Miami, um, Miami, Washington, and the Giants, are all going to at least win one more game. And with and the with the Giants, they could beat Miami and Washington. I mean, there's one. The Lions can keep moving up here if they keep losing, just by the schedule, the remaining schedule, unless these teams tie. Um, which you know it, it's always possible, but the the Lions definitely can move up to the third spot. It looks like, but based on the remaining schedule, at least number four, at what, least number four. What would we be if we end up six, nine, and one? Um, maybe like probably eleven or twelve. I can live with that. The, so, what do you guys? What do you think is our number one need? Defensive pass rusher. Defense. Yeah. Because safety, they were going in the last after season, Chase Young, season. it drops off a lot. You're taking they're, they're like a yeah. lot of high ceiling, that, low floor guys. That dude from yeah. Iowa. That even the dude from Iowa, you know, like he's been known to disappear at times. Yeah. So yeah, who's that linebacker Isaiah Simmons or whatever? Um, oh, from Clemson, the safety turned uh, linebacker. Yeah, safety linebacker guy. Yeah, he might be. Yeah, he uh, looks that's that's out. Mel Kiper's biggest. Uh, like his his that's his favorite guy. You know, like it's not his number one overall guy, but like he thinks he's the best like NFL ready guy besides Chase Young. Um, the other guy that's been thrown around a lot out there, and I actually really like this guy is uh, Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. He's really he's a really good player as well. A stud corner would not hurt. Well, especially because Darius Slay yeah. um, is looking for an extension. He's not happy, <laughs> uh, to say the least. And also Darius Slay. Um, so let's uh, kind of tra- let's go to that conversation a little bit because Darius Slay, um, one of our worst ranked defensive players on the year, actually he he has wow. not had a great year. Um. Man, I mean, he's their 15th best-ranked defensive player on the year for PFF. Damn. Um, do, do we think that Darius Slay is on the downturn of his career, or is this a product of bad pass rush and he has to uh, cover guys for too long? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's part of scheme and pass rush because, I mean, they're putting these guys on an island every game, almost every play. I mean, we put them in as much as they do. I mean, got to give him a break once right. with no pa- no blitzing to I, back it up. I mean, geez, you need some pass rush, man. Uh, yeah, Get yeah. Some pressure off those guys. I, I think Slade's got some good years in him. It's a, whether the Lions want to invest in him, you know, like. Uh, but and Burkett seems to think he's gone after this year. Either way, you know, no matter how he plays the rest of the year. Yeah, I worry. It's it's it's. De- I I think it's definitely the scheme. And the lack of pass rush, but I, I, I honestly think his head's not right. Ever since we traded Quandre Diggs, I think that yeah. was. Uh, I think he did not take that well. And while he's still putting in, you know, the effort on the surface, I think he's not playing inspired football right now. I think he feels really down on where the team is at right Speaking now. Speaking of Quandre Diggs, 
Yeah. Yeah. A pick six and another interception. Uh, I think he has three interceptions since he joined the Seahawks. He's one of their highest rated players. But we got so Will Harris. Either, yeah, we have Will Harris, who um, he's a really bad tackler. <laughs> he's a really bad tackler. <laughs> he's consistently our. I I will admit right now, at least I I know I I thought it would be uh you know like kind of a equal substitute, but he is he's been awful. He's been he's been our worst tackler every week, which is like the biggest gripe I had with Diggs and why we got rid of him. And obviously, yeah. nothing in his pass coverage has really stood out. He's given up a few. He's given up. Like, at one point, he gave up every Man, I, pass to thrown his way. He had, like, six targets. All I can hope is that he's going to progress next year because this yeah. could look like a complete disaster yeah. for Bob Quinn. And an un, 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 unnecessary the, the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Seahawks, though, they put pressure on the quarterback, which we don't, which right. makes a difference for yeah, what's it happening. Definitely the, the it definitely does. It definitely does. I mean, look at the look at the Bears. Like Prince of Mukamara, a terrible cornerback till he showed up there. Why? Because they have a pass rush. He doesn't have to cover him for more than two seconds. Yep. Yeah. And the, I mean, Quandre Diggs, as bad as his tackling might have been, he was nowhere near. He was way far better than uh, Will Harris in pass coverage. So I can't help but think he would have made a significant difference if we still yeah. had him. But going back to Darius Slay, just in this last game, that he was thrown at ten times. Uh, Diggs had eight catches against him for 128 yards. There was only 242 passing yards in this game total. Amani Awarie only gave him nine yards in this game, by the way. Nice. Um, but Darius Slay gave 128, and there's been a few of those games this year. Even against the Chargers, he had that big pick at the end of the game. Right. But he was getting burned yeah. by Keenan Allen all game. Right. This is not the first time we've seen him ha- happen this year. And is but that Keenan motivation? Allen didn't, is it didn't get over 100 yards, did he? Did, uh, I don't think Keenan Allen had yeah, 100 I don't yards. Think so. I will have to go and check that. I and, cannot confirm. Yeah, and I would give that one to Slay, though, because he won the game for us. Yeah. But, true. I agree. <laughs> I mean, the, the nature of the cornerback position. Even the top ones, you know, who rarely they, – they always – you're going to lose. Like, you're going to lose some battles. It's about winning the war in the end. Especially yeah. if you're playing man all the time with no pass right. Right. <laughs> Come on. Darius Lake did give up 80 – he gave up 81 yards in that game. But Rashawn Melvin yeah, of 111. But Darius Lake was our worst-rated player in that game. So, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I I agree with that guy. I, I don't think his head is totally in it right now, and uh, I don't, I think he'd like to get out of Detroit personally. I mean, he's never said so, and he I don't know. Just seems like well, a thing. Yeah, it seemed I mean, like he didn't appreciate the way they handled just getting rid of Quandre, uh, team yeah. captain, yeah. and, and do you well, think, his friend in the middle of the season. Like do you think that. part of that is he was there before Patricia, and he saw the Caldwell way, and like a player's coach, and now he's Patricia, and it's just a totally different style. I, yeah, like he see it's like a little more is, heartless now. Like I mean, is he st- more... is he still part of that? You know, like last year, locker room was bad uh, by all you know reports. At least, mm-hmm. is he kind of left over from that? I I, I like Darius Slay. I, I I actually think he's really good in the community and everything. Like he goes out Friday nights, all these high school right. games. He's very involved. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want to see him leave. But if he's not fully a hundred percent in, maybe it's just you know this this the fit isn't there with Patricia. I think yeah. I think getting rid of Diggs might have just inflamed what he had moved on from last year. Like it seemed like he had moved on. Like everyone was kind of moving on as a team, and then they did something like that. And it's a team captain. I mean a leader. 
in the middle of a season, I just don't think that goes over well. Yeah. And he voices discontent with yeah. it. So, I and mean, this is two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, like a leader in the locker room had left during, uh, you know, while we're in the midst of a postseason hunt. I know. It's so bizarre. I like, don't like this next trend. Year, next year when the trade deadline's approaching, are we going to, like, be wondering, like, trade oh. Stafford? <laughs> yeah, is Stafford going to be gone? Is Kenny Gallagher yeah. going to be <laughs> traded? No, like, no, no, no. We're going to be leading the division so they won't mess with it. Can I, yeah. can I just give you the can I give you the prime candidate to be gone by be, the week before trade deadline? I, this is almost becoming a tradition now. Um, okay. He has one year left on his contract. Marvin well, Jones. besides Darius, oh. yeah, Marvin Jones. He as an in, he's on IR for the rest of the year, uh, which is yeah. disappointing because he's tied for second in the NFL behind Kenny Galladay. How crazy is that? We have two of the receivers are one and two in NFL touchdowns. They were tied. For and we're one three nine and week. one. <laughs> yeah god damn it crazy it's brutal so many favorable yeah. stats this year that just don't add up to wins can I, get... I i disagree a little bit with the slay thing though with you guys because I, I think if slay's gone next year it's not because patricia doesn't believe in him or thinks he can play i think it's just a matter of how do they want to allot their resources if they could get something for him you know right. while he's still a really good player and invest less in the cornerback position you know cap wise I think that would be the reason he's gone less than he's not giving his heart out or whatever. I, oh, I think he plays hard. I didn't think that's yeah, why he'd be, I didn't think he'd be gone because of that. I was just saying I think that's why he's having a rough season. Um, no, yeah, I I think you're right. If that would be the only reason I'd see him go, and, and I don't see that happening unless, like, he he kind of wants to play the market. They think he's going to want to play the market or something. You know, uh, we're just we're just speculating here that there may be discontent and all that, just you know, by something you read. But I'll tell you what, there's one simple thing that'll cure all this: just uh -huh. winning some damn games. Exactly, you know, winning cures all. That's what they say. This whole season could have been different. You know, we had the, those close games in the beginning of the year in the first half of the season. That this this season could have gone a whole other direction, mm -hmm. just as easily as it went the way it did. And yeah, I mean, it's inexplicable, but when he begins, yeah, I, I agree. Though Man. Big Z winning cures all except for our odds to get Chase Young. <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you stand by that statement? <laughs> winning at this point's not going to cure the season. Um, I think no, no. If it leaves us feeling good, though, I think it can be worth a lot. I mean, if it leaves us feeling like like this team feeling co some confidence and momentum going to next year, I think it'll be worth a lot. Yeah. <sighs> decisions to be made. But I do have good news. I have good news. Yay. This is exciting. This is wow. really exciting. Is that the Lions are going to be uh, – so the the cap number for 2020 was announced today. The Lions yeah. are going to be more than $44 million underneath the new salary cap. Nice. So yeah. it's a, right. right now the salary cap is $188.2 million. It's going to jump up anywhere between $196.8 million and $201.2 million. Ooh. Um so that that's going to roughly uh, um a whole lot of you know, conservatively it's going to give us uh 44 million dollars cap space possibly more. The Lions currently have 168 million already committed to player contracts uh for 2020. How does that work? Yeah. I feel like that's just going to inflate player contracts with more cap well, space. Well that that too. So and Yeah. I think we could make a push for Garrett Cole now with that. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> You're throwing us off with the baseball reference there, Bob. Oh, uh, Rudd Dog, he doesn't really—he doesn't know what you're talking no, I, about. I know what you're here. talking about. No, I just didn't realize. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Garrett Cole's going to make um, like uh, 33% more than the entire salary cap of the Detroit Lions. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's just ridiculous. But, yeah, so the Lions are going to have $44 million. Uh, You know, this is not the Stafford, Sue, Johnson era where we are like have $5 million to work with in an offseason. Um, right. Although I miss that era because we could have won a Super Bowl with that roster. But, God damn it, Joel Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so there, there. I mean, there's free agents out there. We'll get into that when it comes to the off season and things of that nature. But the 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 Lions, you know, part of the reason supposedly that they made that Quandre Diggs pick or the trade is that they would save seven million on the cap next year and the year after that. The yeah. question is, are they going to do anything with it? They right. make these trades, Golden Tate. Quandre digs and then they do nothing with it. We're always like waiting for that next move that never happens. I think to like uh, the real qu- core of that question is: Will they be around long enough to do anything with it? Yeah. <laughs> Can they find some short-term success to, so we get a chance to see this damn vision come to life? I mean, <laughs> I I like that they're being fiscally responsible and building a war chest and and building a team that's like you know stable and balanced and flexible to be able to address their needs, but. They gotta build a, put a team there that wins football games to some extent before they get the chance to you know really get there. And do we think that the Justin Coleman signing was good or bad? Oh wow, he's our twenty fifth ranked uh, defensive player this year. I think there's no doubt it was good. I'm putting yeah. all the cornerbacks on our team get a curve. Good early. Yeah, it was good early for sure. But uh, yeah, all good of our corner. All of our cornerbacks get a curve in my book because, like we talked about, they could probably get more stress than any other cornerback in the NFL the way we leave them out to dry in, in coverage. So I don't know how you know how much that's hurting their grades. And I, I think the eye test gives him a passing grade for sure. I mean, he's been around the ball all season, but, I mean, how much – how much can you hold up when you're getting like seven seconds dropbacks and stuff? <laughs> so just to let you know, Justin Coleman is the 149th ranked uh, cornerback in the NFL okay. right now. Well, that that's a little inaccurate because there's not uh, 142 cornerbacks. So th- this is for PFL, but that I mean that includes people that have played one game, two games. I haven't had time to filter that out yet, but either way, it's not it has not had a good year, but. Early in the season, it was, games. <laughs> but early in the season, he was having good games. But that was because he was able to force out the ball. These teams, these coaches, you know, like these wide receivers coaches, for instance, they will look at the tape. They'll see that Justin Coleman likes to punch out the ball. These teams adjust after a few games. They'll see that and they wrap up because they know they're going against Justin Coleman. Mm-hmm. I think teams have made that adjustment, and Justin Coleman has not adjusted back. Basically, he's still trying to do the same thing. He lets them catch it, tries to punch it out. Yeah, I don't. Like I haven't that. seen a lot of pass yeah. deflections by him. It, early in the season, it was because he was able to punch that ball out and use his hands really well. And I think yeah. these receivers and stuff have used technique. You know, they have all week to practice this technique. They know they're going against Justin Coleman. Hey, quick question. And I, oh, I, I, I hope that uh, you know he works on it in the off season because I, 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 I think this so far has not been a good signing for the Lions. Quick question: Is is Rashawn Melvin hurt? Right, he's hurt. Yeah. Because I think he was actually, to me, he looked like the better signing earlier in the season because he was like glue on receivers and we allowed Coleman to play his natural nickel. But like, and I think they're starting to move him back there since Awarie is coming on. But I feel like they put more responsibility on his plate since Melvin went down and he had to play outside corner. And 
I don't know. Right, I, which isn't his strength. Right. Um, I, I think uh, Coleman's been a – I think he's a solid guy, and I, I'm glad we have him on our team myself. I, I think it still comes down to that scheme and pressure. You know, we're not getting the pressure. Yeah, agree, should to help all those guys out. Yeah, I do think – I do really think it comes down to pressure. And um, speaking of pressure, uh, Rudd Dog, when we look up again, the, the blitz – numbers for Lions and they are of course near the bottom of the league in terms of blitz percentages. I'm trying to pull yeah. it up here. Uh but yeah, it, I mean it's rough. So on Do you have any a stat on like how long quarterbacks have, you know, compared to other quarterbacks? I don't you have know, the, like, I don't uh, have that readily available, but I yeah, I, I think the Lions Some are, of those games it seems like they have a long time back there. I I, I, I well, Cousins had more this game than he had the last game even. <laughs> I think he had 3.8 seconds per pass play this game at 3.5 the last game we played him. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he had even awful. more time this time. Yeah, so the lowest blitz uh, percentages in the NFL, Colts 10.7%, Chiefs 15.3%, then the Lions 15.5% of the time blitz. The top teams, Cardinals 38.3%, Ravens 358 Steelers 34.4%, Broncos 318 so a lot of the better defense, well, Ravens, Steelers, definitely up there in terms of defenses. Maybe not Cardinals or Panthers, but um, and that goes for third down blitz percentage as well. The Lions, so it goes Panthers blitz seventeen point two percent, Steelers nineteen point two. I think that Steelers number so low because they are successful on first and second down blitzing. They get these yeah. long distances; they don't need to blitz. Lions twenty point six percent, so they're bottom three in blitzing, regardless of first and second down or third down. I think that's <laughs> brutal when you consider the way that front seven. By the way, the Ravens blitz on sixty two point seven percent of third down plays, which is fourteen percent more than second, which is the Browns. So I, I see it like I I don't know I don't they want to play this super passive scheme. They want their cake and they want to eat it too. You see the way they try to make up for not blitzing. They get creative with who their four rushers are. Like the one Coleman actually got a pressure in that Vikings game. He came off the edge, but he wasn't a blitzer. He was the fourth rusher. I mean, like that that, that doesn't cut it. You need to send extra guys sometimes. Otherwise, they get, you know, the O-line can handle all. They outnumber you. It's It's easy for them when they're only facing four or less rushers most of the time. Yep. Um, so, these are all the contracts that are expiring after this year, by the way. Um, Sam Martin, Mike Daniels, Tavon Wilson, Romeo Aquara, Ashawn Robinson, Kenny Wiggins, Danny Amendola, Glasgow, Killebrew, Melvin. I mean, a lot of these are one-year deals, but, uh, you know, some of them aren't. Uh, those are some of the big names. So, I mean, the Lions last offseason had a lot of turnover. I think we're going to expect some of the same here. Yeah, the the Glasgow one, gone. I'm still surprised they haven't extended them. But yeah. I am too. Maybe, I they're, too. maybe they're getting some sort of uh, – I mean, they've rotated them all year. They did this weird rotation thing. I still don't understand yeah. it. And that partly Never tells, got a full explanation. I think that partly tells me that they have three guys that they're not confident in. Uh, uh, not not Okay, let me put that a different way. They have three guys that they're equally confident in, and none of them are standouts. You got between Dahl – uh, Wiggins and Glasgow. Glasgow is probably the best in that group because of his consistency, but none of them are blowing the doors off the position. If they were so good, if they were good enough, they wouldn't be rotating them. And that's, that's a good point. I mean, I, I'm just going off of my experience. When I was in college, my left guard, uh, I won my spot, and the left guard 
there was two guys rotating all the time because the coach thought they were both good enough to play, and this way they keep them fresh and have a guy who can you know spot check any position on the interior. And so, I mean, I think that's kind of what's happening here. I think they got three guards who none of them are just, you know, standouts. In the yeah, maybe they see a bunch bagel taking over the starting spot yeah. next year. I do. I know. I have seen um, some, like, little reports here and there that the Lions do really like the potential of bench ba- bench wall. <laughs> God damn it. You got me saying it now. <laughs> I would. I, yeah, I do want to say that, uh, Glasgow is the 17th ranked pass blocker in the NFL right now. That's pretty good. So he's he's yeah. he's uh, not great at the run blocking. He's 100, yeah. uh, you know, in the hundreds there. But pass blocking, yes. And I think that's. I personally of- like the guy. I hope we I hope we keep him somehow. But uh, I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. I think he's a good, solid, you know, workman. I think you you like having a guy like him because of his availability. Um, but if we could upgrade him, it's not outside of the question. He's got the mustache, man. Oh, by the way, guess who's the eighth best pass blocker who? in the Oh. Decker? No. Ragnow. Oh All right. I'm sorry. I gotta highlight something Ragnow. He got absolutely destroyed in that Vikings game once. Did it, did you guys see the play where he got just like bench pressed two yards into the backfield on the snap? I was like, what happened to our stud center? Hmm. <laughs> but, no, that's good. Eighth. I mean, that what, that's one thing I'd say our offensive line did pretty well this year is protect the quarterback. Yeah. Not oh, exceptionally, yeah. A lot of our guys rank solid. definitely higher pass blocking, and then they're all very low in the run blocking yeah. category. Besides Ragnar, Ragnar's the only one that's up near the top. I'll tell you, Ragnar's going to be here for 10 years, man. So yeah, he's going to be an old. Yeah. I see all Another center people. that we have for a long time, maybe with uh, – yeah. that, won't, that won't flip off the – the Wisconsin marching band. <laughs> they, they deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> where do you, where's Dom, where do you, where's Dominic Royola now? That's a name I haven't heard in a while. I don't know. That's a good question. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think he's doing right now? Enjoying mm. his riches. He's yelling at some kids to get off his lawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that one. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh boy! I love I love Gorilla. That guy's a fighter, man. He, he was. was. I did too. The midget. I really, I love him though. I really <laughs> Such a, a scrapper, man. I mean, how, a guy like that. He was an undersized old lineman, and he just managed to hold down that position for so long. And we saw that he wasn't really the problem when we finally put yeah. decent players around him. Like even though no, he, he was he was loyal, he was hardworking, man. He loved the team. He wanted to win more than anything. And he's I don't know. Good. I just like the guy. I mean. He was a pretty good player. Yeah, he was. Yep. Oh boy. So. Yeah. Anyway. Let's <laughs> uh, let uh, let's talk about the the upcoming game this Sunday. Um, the Lions hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right, we got uh, our first win. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <laughs> the Buccaneers have actually turned around their season a little bit. Um. They're six and seven. They had a couple of close wins, but of course, they, I mean, they're most notably led by Jameis Winston at the quarterback position. So, Jameis Winston second in touchdowns on the year, but you know what he's wow. leading? That you know what he's leading in interceptions. He's got twenty three yeah. on the year. The next closest is uh, Baker Mayfield, I think, with seventeen. He's going the good old Brett Favre. Sixteen. Route. Baker Mayfield is sixteen. Jameis is twenty three. So Jameis Winston, look, pay everybody pay close attention to Jameis Winston's first pass attempt this game because three times this year he's thrown an interception on the first <laughs> pass attempt of the game. 
All right, let's do it. Let's um, take advantage. But Jameis Winston, I, I mean, four touchdowns the last game against the Colts and three interceptions. It, that's what you're going to get. The good news for Jameis Winston, I guess, is that the Lions don't have many interceptions on the year. Um, yeah. So, but th- hopefully Darius Slay's licking his chops, you know, uh, ready to make a big play this week. Hopefully, we put some pressure on him. Yeah, I mean that that's the that's the big thing here, right? The the Buccaneers big downfield passing. That's that's what they thrive on with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and then their tight end duo of OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. Um, they're they're definitely a lethal team. They're going to put up points just by the nature of the, the kind of how their offense operates. And the Buccaneers are actually one of the top-rated – or the top-rated rush defense in the NFL, but one of the worst pass – I think they are second-worst in pass uh, Blah, Blah's gonna go defense. Off. So th- this is either going to go – well, first of all, a good challenge for Bo Scarborough as we continue to see him grow. Yeah. Still averaging four yards a carry. Um, so Bo yeah. – would you guys be betting that Bo Scarborough is on the roster next year right now? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, I would. I mean, I love the combination idea of him and Carry On if Carry On get healthy. Um, Zach Zenner is available again. Just want to say he got waived by the fourth team. This, his fourth team this year. Come on back, Zach. Yeah. Uh, Come he, back he, to me. He was on Miami Med- for a week, didn't get a snap. But uh, Med School calling. Most, Med un- calling. <laughs> most underrated yeah, player in the Zenner. NFL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the Buccaneers bring that. They have Shaquille Barrett. Uh, who was signed for four million dollars and is second in the NFL in sacks? So that that was a nice pickup for them. Vita Vea, the Dominican Sioux returning to Ford Field, baby. Yeah, he's boy. back. <laughs> I hope he gets his ankle stomped on. Is he gonna? Yeah, is he gonna walk on somebody's ankles? Is he gonna stomp on somebody? Is he gonna kick somebody in the nuts? Oh, Ragnow! Right, we can only hope. I want to see Ragnow teabag. I still defend that. I, the nut kick was definitely. I I still think that was unintentional. Like. You had to have spider sense. He was like, that. you had to be like a ninja. Yeah. That was ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. Was like, yeah, yeah, that was right. <laughs> the stomp, yeah. The ankle thing, yeah. Even the stomp was so <laughs> overblown. Like he had the worst. His reputation one, killed him. Was the one I really happened? hate was he got flagged for pretty much shoving Cutler really hard on a oh. tackle. Like oh, this, yeah, is, this is football. This is football, that man. Was the worst one. That was the worst one. Was oh so bad! I love sending that <laughs> gift to Bears fans, by the way. But didn't he also get tackled, or I mean, get a penalty for like tackling by the hair or something like that? When he did, I think so. I'm trying to remember who he was. Yeah, by the dreadlocks and got I think it was somebody in the Steelers actually even grab it. I thought like it was like the guy's reputation made everything worse. That's what. Yeah, he was a victim of his own reputation. Yes, uh, but nonetheless, the uh, he is returning to Ford Field. Uh, to I, is this booze. his first time that he's returned to Ford Field? I don't think so. I'm trying to remember the last time he was there. Maybe, could be. We played him, I think, in Miami, but I don't think he came back to Ford Field. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. And I, I, Oh, he yeah. wait, never mind. Uh, With the Rams. Yeah, the Rams he came back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. That's right. So he's been back before. So, um, hey, uh, Mike Evans is supposed to be out this week. Oh, so. that's right. That's a good point. That is a good point. Mike Evans is out. So, so they're going to have no passing yards against us. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Godwin, actually the highest rated wide receiver this year on uh, Pro Football Focus, and he's uh, second in yards, I think, or he's right up there in the top five with, with Mike Evans. Did he go to Penn State? <laughs> Chris Godwin did, yeah. Just like Larry uh-huh. Johnson. Exactly. See, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, um, so yeah, so th- this game is at noon or one o'clock Eastern, noon Central. Um, it did not get flexed to Sunday night, surprisingly. Um, <laughs> Shocker. That belongs to the Bills and Steelers. that got flexed actually. Uh, People would rather watch that game. <laughs> oh man, what the heck? Um, I so yeah, uh, let's just get into it right now, you guys. Let's give our world famous predictions. Right. So. Bob, hey, nobody's coming into the Lions then this week. Uh, we, we, they're, we, they're, they're Tampa fans. We need, yeah, we gotta find a oh, Tampa yeah. fan. They were too That's scared. Just, we went. Don't have any fans. We went down to Tampa Bay. Um, we looked around town, couldn't find any, and we actually went into that pirate ship and tried to find some. We couldn't find any. There wasn't even very treasure on the ship either. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah, a joke. <laughs> just a bunch of people walking around with walkers down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. Okay. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> I know one of my buddies works for them, too, and I feel bad, but he's not going to listen. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, Bob, let's start with you. What's your prediction for this week? Okay. Well, you know, the Lions are just fired up looking for a win here, and this is a good opportunity for it. Uh, you know, Slay, like you said, he's going to be licking his chops with all those interceptions that are flying around. Uh, three picks for Slay today, uh, next week, Sunday. He's going to have a big game, and Plow uh, is going to do a serviceable job with uh, two touchdowns to Kenny Galladay. Uh, I think the Lions are going to win 21-10. to 10. Right. Wow. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, I like it. All right. I, I was expecting a higher score with all those predictions. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I. Uh, Let's go with you, Rud Dog. All right. You know, like I was saying, I think I think the Lions are going to have a, se- a certain sense of clarity coming into this week and the ability to sort of separate themselves from the, you know, the things they were clutching at, the playoff hopes and all that. And I know they had a chance to do this against the Vikings already, but I, I think the Vikings are just a pretty good team and had our number. But uh, I think that Patricia is going to kind of realize – that there was nothing to be gained in all his conservative play calling on defense. And I expect to see a little more uh, of a, a blitzing a blitzing package, a little more aggressiveness on defense to get after Jameis Winston and not let him, you know, drop dimes on us way downfield all game. So I, I think they're going to put that deep, that offense in check pretty good. And uh, I think Kenny Galladay is going to go off. I think he's going to, he's going to go off for like 140 yards and two touchdowns. Because you're not going to have Marvin Jones, and he's going to be the main focal point. And then uh, I, I think Blau, uh, I mean, uh, Bo is going to have a decent game because I think they're, the O line is going to, you know, be hearing all week how great this run stuffing defense is, and they're going to be determined to come out and open some holes. So I think you'll have like uh, like somewhere around 75 yards on on you know a decent amount of carries. And in all, in the end, it'll result in a nice, tidy outcome of twenty-seven to fourteen. Whoa, Detroit Lions! You okay wow. over there? That's actually a reasonable uh, prediction. You, you know what? Are you okay? Do you have to ask <laughs> after watching this season? You haven't watched. You you are really out of Kool Aid over there, almost. Get your Kool Aid going, man. Yeah, like the drip. It's only it's dripping now. Like a, like a, I'm like I'm in a, and I'm in a desert without Kool Aid. I just see mirages every time I try to grab it. <laughs> All right, UJ. Okay, well, yeah. 
Uh, the Kool-Aid, yeah, it's just losing its effectiveness as the season goes on here. So the scores have come down a bit. <laughs> I think mine's going to come down just a bit too. But I will. I think I'm going to say that the Lions are going to win this game. I, th- I think Blau will have a bit of a bounce back. I think Bo will get 100 yards in this game. I think Jameis Winston will probably throw for 300 yards, but he'll only have one touchdown. And at two interceptions. Ooh, I think yeah. we win this game twenty-four to thirteen. Ooh, so that's ooh. my prediction, baby. Man, we really Stick have lost it. our cool. Some yeah. crazy predictions this week. <laughs> I know. I know. It doesn't feel right. I feel icky. Can I go again? They're gonna win seventy-two. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob, if it's, if Slay gets three interceptions, is it is that a, like a hat trick? Or are you allowed to throw your hat on the field? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. Can the players so. throw their helmets on the field? <laughs> right. Well, uh, if it's uh, Des Bryant, he won't get penalized. Yeah. He takes his helmet off. That's right. Uh, All right, so these are some of the scores of Giants games this year. A loss of 32-31, to 31, a 54-40 to 40 victory, a 37-26 to 26 loss, a 40-34 to 34 loss, a 30-27 to 27 win. A thirty-four to seventeen loss, a thirty-five to twenty-two win, and a thirty-eight to thirty-five win. Just like these bonkers scores, and I'm expecting something similar right here. I think the Lions are going to win this one, uh, thirty-seven to thirty, like three. That's my that's my. I like that. I'm expecting some weird weird ass scoring going on in this game. Uh, Danny Galladay is going to get a touchdown. I think Logan Thomas gets a touchdown, possibly two. and Danny, Danny Odell is going to get one, too. I I, nice. I just think this game's going to be all over hey, the place. Hey, I don't see, know what I to just, expect. I just have a quick question. <laughs> what does the Giants record have to do with how this game will go? Yeah, I was curious about that myself. Wait, what? You just listed <laughs> all the scores of the Giants. Oh, I'm said. sorry. <laughs> Uh, th- th- those are all the Tampa Bay scores. Those are all Tampa Bay scores. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Tampa's. Scores. The first one I listed was against Tampa, thirty-two to thirty-one. Oh, damn it! <laughs> it was against the Giants. It was against the Giants. Okay, that makes more sense. Thirty-two, thirty-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy! See, look at the season's doing to me. It's making me lose my mind. Where is my mind? Damn it! Well, okay. So those are our predictions um again we have all picked the lions to win despite the wow unbelievable odds yeah we have though i actually i think these are becoming world famous for the wrong reasons though this year we need like a moment of mourning though for this season because we lost our streak we lost our streak in this last game we didn't lead at all and i felt like that was like damn it Oh, I didn't even realize that, honestly. I was like, oh, no. You're right. Oh, we had that to hang our hat on, at least. I know. Yeah. For all it's wow. worth. Shit. All right. <laughs> so, I think that's going to wrap it up. I think we are I think we are a good good stopping point for the night. Um, but, but, before, but before we stop, um, there was somebody I want to mention. Um, so, the reason, uh, well, we, our grandma passed away, and she was one of our biggest supporters um, of our Lions fandom as a whole, I want to say. So, my... my Yep, yeah, go. me and Big Z's grandma. Oh my God, me my mom passed away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, Jay, and Bob, yeah, your mom, our yeah. Connor, Rudd yeah. Dog, and I, our grandma, just a terrific yeah. woman, big supporter of just everything li- we did. Yeah, but the Lions, you know, uh, you know, in particular, she, oh, she, yeah, she loved the Lions been. because we love the Lions. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, exactly. So you know, 
So we we just need every you know every if everybody in the world you know root for Lions because we root for them <laughs> yeah. it'd be a better place. <laughs> we got her. We, we got some pull in heaven now. So that's know. right. That's yeah, right. So look out. So, um, but we want to thank everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, this uh, the 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 future is bright, even if it doesn't look like it. Uh, drink the um the long. Kool-Aid or, uh, you know. The night is always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. And I promise you, <laughs> the dawn is coming. <laughs> oh, yep. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Instagram, um, at Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Twitter, at Drinking Lions. Um, please hit us up on there. Just get your get your thoughts on, you know, Rudd Dog's opening comments regarding, uh, you know, the big controversy it's not a controversy it's just like a little argument you know with the lions fans out there whether you want to win or lose um i mean all of us here on the podcast we when you watch you root for them to win but, but and, and we already talked about it so we want to thank everybody <laughs> for listening uh please go on itunes uh leave a review we also really appreciate appreciate that um and you know just you know just keep drinking blue kool-aid that's that's all I got. Enjoy the line. We love you, Lions football fans. Football. Hang yeah. in there. Yes. Hang in there. Hang in there. So last but love not least, Lions. as always, go, go. Lions. Forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, Stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a Lions victory. Go, Go. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save